to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. And leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Theater in the Now, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's got a few glam awards under her belt as the queen of the scene, and even in quarantine, she's turning it out. It's not Christina Aguilera. It's not Pheromone. It's Vicky DeVille. How yes. are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's it's good talking to you. Um, the last time I saw you was at our Elation show, what, in September? Um, yeah, I guess it was September. Wow, time really goes by fast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's going to be Thanksgiving next week. I feel like it was Halloween yesterday, and then <laughs> right. before we know it, it's going to be Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, November really was like, you know what, we're just not going to really happen. We're just going to do the election, and then y'all can just like breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yes. Hope you like the cold and the dark. Right? Oh my god, it's terrible. It's, oh, I hate it. Like, I, I, I feel like I, I'm very much a night person, so I like do my work at night. And then, like, I sleep in. So, like, I get up around, like, noon. So I have four hours of light. And it's <sighs> really not conducive for, like, you know, depression. So, yeah. whatever. It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll be back in March soon where, where daylight will return and we'll be back to normal, sort of, kind of. Hopefully sooner than later. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to talk with you because um, you have been, for me, a staple in the New York nightlife scene. Um, ever since I started, you have been around. People always talked about you. And anytime I got to see you perform, it's always something incredible. So I'm really excited to learn a bit about you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited too. Well, let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? So I was born and raised in New Jersey. Yeah, same here. Uh, I'm a Jersey girl. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was born in Jersey um, in this township called Union. Mm-hmm. It's maybe... 40 minutes outside of the city. It's like a suburb of New York City. And um, I moved to New York City when I was about 20 years old. Um, I started uh, going to FIT. So Mm -hmm. the first couple of years I commuted from Jersey and I hated the commuting. It was like really killer on me because I was so young and like doing this like nine to five school and then having an hour commute on top of it. It just like, you know, at 17, 18 years old, it's a lot. So I moved to New York City when I was like 19. And I've been here ever since I absolutely love it. Um, And uh, yeah, so I've been in New York for 15, 16 years. So I I definitely consider myself a New Yorker. But no, absolutely. You can you can take the girl out of New Jersey, but you can never take the New Jersey out of the girl. Well, absolutely. Now. So now, What part of New Jersey do you consider yourself from? I consider it Central Jersey. No, there's no such thing as Central Jersey. It's North Jersey and South Jersey. There is, (laughs) but it's not like, New Jersey's not cut like horizontally. Right. It's got, it's like a diagonal. Central Jersey, it's like a, it's like a half a circle that you kind of have kind of like near where like the Jersey Shore kind of area is. Cause that's not, I don't really consider that like 
South Jersey, when I think South Jersey, I think like Philadelphia, like down, like Trenton, like that's South yeah. Jersey. As, so, as, as someone from North Jersey, South Jersey is the Jersey Shore. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom is from um, the Jersey Shore area. So like that, that was always like, oh, we're going, we're going to South Jersey to visit family. So that's how like I always interpret yeah. it. But now, okay, so Central Jersey, is it <laughs> Taylor Ham or Pork Roll? It's it's Taylor Ham. Okay, good, good. We're on the same page there. It's always Taylor <laughs> Ham. Anyone who wants to call it pork roll, you're wrong. Ugh, it's so it's it's definitely it was probably Taylor Ham would probably be my electric chair meal. Like if I was like on death row and it's like what's your last meal, I would definitely say Taylor Ham egg and cheese. Yep. But if it was called pork roll, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> no, I, I agree. There's the, for those who are not from New Jersey, we have a um, breakfast meat called Taylor Ham. It's just everything. It's delicious. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I went to school in Boston and I was like, wait, I can't have Taylor ham on the weekends. Like what? Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's only in New Jersey. Like some places in New York will have it like mom's kitchen. Um, the restaurant has um, Taylor ham there. They serve it. And I was like, what? So I usually will get it there, but otherwise, no, you can't get it in, in New York. Yeah, the only places I've really seen it in New York are restaurants owned by people from New Jersey. Yeah. So FIT, what what did you study there? What was your concentration? So um, I went to FIT and I majored in fashion design uh, where I got a BFA. So I went there for four years, which like everyone's like, oh my God, you went to FIT for four years? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> but I did it. Um, I got my uh, degree in fashion design. Um, my first, what you do is like you go there for two years and you get your associate's degree mm -hmm. and um, the like your fourth semester you specialize in something. So I specialized in evening wear because that's kind of like what I was interested in at the time. And I absolutely hated it. It was like everything was done by hand. It was so meticulous and all these really super delicate fabrics. I was like, I can't, this is not for me. Like, thank God I tried it. Yeah. realized I didn't like it. Now I could like do something else. So um, when I went for my bachelor's, the end of my fourth, the end of my eighth semester, um, I specialized in, it was actually called current scene, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they have it there anymore, but it was, it was kind of um, more like ready to wear street wear urban sure. style. And um, that's what I really loved. I, I interned at this company that was like a junior's brand. So I, I got into like designing junior's clothes and actually um, the garment that I had made for our FIT graduation show, like uh, every time, mm -hmm. you know, they have a graduation, they do a runway show for like the graduating seniors and mine was photographed and put in women's wear daily like the next oh, day. Oh, look at that. So that was like a huge deal. Um, so I knew I was like, okay, this is like, what I meant to do. So when I graduated from college, I was looking for jobs, um, you know, in fashion design, in women's wear, um, even in juniors. And everyone was looking for at least two years minimum experience. And having just graduated, I, I didn't have the experience. So I actually landed a job doing children's wear and um, it was like the most exciting out of all the interviews I'd been on. It was like, do you want to do like Missy woven skirts or <laughs> children's wear? And I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like there's glitter and 
uh, neon colors and bows and stuff. I'm like, I don't really know too much about this, but I can definitely do it for a year or two and, uh, you know, get another job somewhere else. Fast forward, I've been doing children's wear for 12 years now. Nice. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, I love designing kids' clothes. It's, it's, it's never a dull moment. Now, I, 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 I see there can be definitely a transition from fashion to drag. Yeah. Where did that come in for you? When did that happen? So for me, I, I always like consider myself a designer. Like that's mm-hmm. my career. That's what I'm good at. I, I don't really, I'm not, I hate sewing. Like I'm, I don't consider myself like a seamstress. I hate sewing. Sure. I like hate the sewing machine. I dread doing it. But when I first got into drag, it was like, I, I would make my Halloween costumes every year. It was the one time I'd sew a year. Mm-hmm. So when I got into drag, I had all these inspirations and ideas. And a lot of my drag is inspired by cosplay. So whenever I wanted to do a character or dress as somebody, I could say, oh, well, I could just make the outfit. I can make yeah. the exact outfit that they're wearing because I know how to do that. So that kind of um, started my process uh, designing all of my costumes that I make. So like that's, that really helps me because when you have like a vision and you really want it to come to life, um, if you're able to like make the outfit, the costume, the whole look yourself, it really, yeah. it, it feels more like an, like an accurate representation. Yeah, absolutely. That, that I mean, makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally. Cause like you always look exceptional, no yeah. matter what you do, like you can tell you have a fashion background because okay. you're able to turn looks that most people would never be able to do. Yeah. Like, and- like that, the, the chandelier look was, oh. it was iconic. Like, no, like you took the show. Everyone focused on you that night. Oh, well, I, I didn't make that outfit. That was actually my best friend who I met at FIT. His name is Wesley Nault. He's the most talented designer I know. And um, he was on Project Runway like mm-hmm. seasons ago. And he makes the most, he has the most incredible concepts and ideas. And he has such a skill um, with sewing and draping and pattern making that I, I don't have the patience for, like I stick to my nylon leotards and I just bedazzle, you know, I do, I do more kind of performance outfits where his is more like a conceptual, like high fashion, like, look so he so he did the chandelier dress he did my shooting star dress and he actually did a new outfit for me that is almost finished that is probably the most incredible thing he's ever done and i can't say too much about it but hopefully everyone will see it soon oh i'm sure the second you get to wear it you will throw it on social media and we will all see it (laughs) so how would you describe vicky in three words Oh my gosh. Um, Three words. (laughs) I know. So hard. That is hard. I didn't even get to think about this. So um, I'm definitely, I'm impatient, which is something I'm trying to work on. I tend to like rush things and I get kind of messy because of my impatience. 
Um, I'm all, but I'm also like, I'm also, um, well, I guess I'm very, I guess I'm very creative, um, not just in drag, but I love to draw and I, I always ha have these crazy ideas. Even when I was home during quarantine with my mom, she, I would, I would ask her to make all these ridiculous like dinners and I'd want to bake all these things. And she's just like, you and your cockamamie ideas. <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah, I have all these crazy ideas. So I guess um, impatient, creative and nostalgic. Like, oh, I, I, like, live, that. I, like I live for um, nostalgia and like old memories and old movies and old music. And um, I tend to like have a lot of daydreams about that kind of stuff from the past. I love that. So do you have an origin story for your drag name and your persona? Um, an origin. I, I honestly, I, when I first started doing drag, it was kind of on accident. Mm -hmm. I never in a million years thought that I would ever do it professionally. And I, I still think about that day where I was like, you know, it would be kind of cool if I dressed up in drag and maybe a bar will have an open stage and let me do like one number one time. <laughs> <laughs> like it was never something that I had planned to like do. So yeah. my drag kind of was all over the place in the beginning. Now I definitely have a better sense of who I am and who my character is. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, it was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was behind the wheel and there was no brakes. <laughs> I just kept going. You identify as a drag queen. And in this community, we throw titles and words around. You are an AFAB queen. Is that the appropriate term to use? And what terms should people not be using? Okay, so yes, I... I am a cis woman who does femme drag and there I've, I've heard a lot of different names for it. Yeah. Um, so when people ask me, I just say I'm a drag queen. That's the title I like to use. Um, I know that a lot of uh, women um, are considered AFAB queens, which means assigned female at birth, which doesn't necessarily mean that they are cis women. They could be, non-binary, they could be gender non-conforming, they could be trans. Um, and uh, the term that you definitely should not use is bio queen. Uh, and- Let's stop it, please. No one ever use it. I still hear this term a lot, like on yeah. social media in like internationally, like I don't really see it in the New York scene or right. like any of the big cities in the US, but you know, there's a lot of people from other countries that still use the term that don't really understand the translation, I suppose. Sure. Um, so I, I remember like when I first started doing drag, um, when I was doing like competitions or when I was doing like my friends shows, they would, you know, you don't know what they're going to say when they introduce you. So they sure. would always get on the mic and say, welcome to the stage, bio queen. Vicky DeVille and almost every show I did, it's like, why do you even have to say that when I'm in drag? Like, it doesn't matter who I am right. out of drag. Like if the audience doesn't realize that I'm a woman, then that means it's good drag. So you don't have to like out me before I even right. get on stage because the audience will prejudge you for it. Absolutely. And, you know, I have no problem 
going out there and like showing them all that what I can do like that I kind of like it's kind of my my mo like I want to like I want you to underestimate me so I can go out there and like really yeah. wow you and there are so many t times I've been backstage at shows and queens have said to me like wow meeting you or seeing you perform has completely changed my opinion of women in the drag community and and I'm happy to do it but there are still people who will say like say the term or there are times where um, I'm performing and the host will get on the mic and like talk about my real boobs or her real boobs. I'm like, what? why do I need to get on the mic during my number and say that? Right. But it happens. And you just, I mean, I just kind of roll with the punches. I'm very, I'm, I don't, I don't get upset about it. I just kind of laugh it off. Like I have now, when, a pretty crazy sense of humor. Yeah. Now, so when, when you started and even now, do you, did you experience much pushback being a, email yeah i i definitely i definitely noticed a lot of people like people would treat me differently um it wasn't necessarily like to my face um i know a lot of people would just like talk about me behind my back for me like i i've only been doing drag for almost four years now so the first year or two i i kind of came out of nowhere and like made a name for myself really quickly and mm -hmm. a lot of queens that have been around like working for a while that haven't been able to like kind of I got a lot of press and stuff so obviously they're all talking shit um there there are times like when you're when you first start out you like meet the other people who are just starting out in the scene with you and then years and years go by and you see all of these people that you used to perform with like getting these weekly shows and like getting all these like high paid gigs. And I just kind of like, well, why isn't my phone ringing? Why is no one yeah. booking me for this show? And I can't help but think like, is it because they don't think I perform well or is it because I'm a woman? Like I, I never know. So that's kind of something I'm like thinking about too. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard because I mean, we've had a lot of issues in recent months about who gets to be booked for these shows and what bar owners are really looking for. I mean, if they see um, that you're able to swipe up on a story on Instagram, they're going to book you before someone who actually has talent. And it's, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for you. I mean, I would like, there was a point where I was in between jobs and I was doing drag a lot and I would love to have been like, I would love to do drag full time and not have to go back to my day job. But there was just no way that I was going to be able to pay my bills right. doing a $50 gig a week. So. Yeah, you know, no, it's, and I mean, that's, that's another thing. Like now that bars are slowly reopening and now hopefully not closing, who knows? Um, they're they're gonna have to start paying artists a little more and i don't even know if they're gonna be able to yeah it's a, it's a i know the, the girls that are kind of um working now at the moment they're they're busting their asses they're putting their health at risk like i i really like commend them for like you know wanting to work and wanting to do drag when it would be so easy just to be like i don't want to do it or yeah, yeah so how long does it take to transform into Vicky? 
So it usually takes me about two hours. Uh, I say I usually spend about 90 minutes on the makeup and then uh, 30 minutes getting into hair and costume and body and everything. I don't really feel like I'm in drag unless I have on my wig, my bottom lashes, nails, <laughs> and a cinched waist. I like all, I need all of those things to feel like I'm in drag. What, what is the signature item to make you Vicky? What, what do you absolutely need? Big hair. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the and blonde, the blonde usually. Big, yeah. Big blonde hair, sometimes pink. <laughs> do you want to shout out some uh, collaborators that you've worked with that you have, have given you some incredible looks? Oh, hair. Oh, yes. Um, well, I love, I've been using Style by Michael to do mm -hmm. my hair, and he is absolutely incredible. Um, every, like, his hair is like a, it's like a sculpture that, like, yeah. I stare at and I just, like, admire because it's so beautiful. And I wear these hair, I wear this, these wigs when I perform. So I'm flipping my hair, I'm like really beating the hell out of them and they yeah. stay like perfect. Um, and, I, and I also use Carlos the Uber driver. And when I started using Carlos, like that's, I feel like when my drag really started to elevate because before then I was not wearing styled hair. I, was, I would always get like read by Shaquita for like having a flat wig or <laughs> me to brush my hair. And then finally, when I started using Carlos and using Michael, that's when I, everyone was like, wow, like, okay. I really felt like, you know, stepping my pussy up a little bit. Do you have any favorite makeup products that you use? Yeah. Um, I think my number one product that I, I use all the time um, is my Krylon TV paint stick in nice, nice. white. And I wet one stick has lasted me like two years already. And it's what I use for my cream contour. I use it from to cut my crease in my eyes. I use it to highlight under my eyes. It's definitely my number one. I also love the Ben Nye super white powder. That's like another thing that really helps pop my white and set my makeup. And then my number three is um, this little Mac red lipstick. And mm -hmm. it's just like the perfect red lipstick. And I put it on and I'm Christina Aguilera. It's yes. amazing. All right. Let's see if you remember. What was your first gig and the first lip sync you did? Okay. Of course, I'll never forget. It was like one of the best nights <laughs> of my life. So, okay. So my first performance as Vicki DeVille was July 14, 2017. Okay. So I, this was the point um, in my, I had been doing drag for maybe four or five months and that's just like getting dressed up and going out to see shows. Mm -hmm. Like I never intended on performing ever, <laughs> but um, I would go every Wednesday because I was obsessed with Aquaria when she was like in the New York scene before yeah. Drag Race. And she had a weekly show at Rise Bar every Wednesday. It was her and Andorra. And it was called Legend Wednesday. And it was a celebrity impersonation show. So I would go every Wednesday in drag 
I like met people there that I'm still friends with to this day. It's where I met Hibiscus. It's where I met Anita D. Like a lot of my really close friends, my friend Caitlin, I met there, my friend Brian. And I met these people because I was at the show by myself in drag and they were there like with their friends or alone to see the show. And I would go up to them and be like, Hey, like, is the seat taken? Can I sit here? And that's like how, like, that's to me the best part of drag. Yeah, like, absolutely. A lot of shows. So, um, every once in a while they would do a competition, um, like maybe once every two months, it was rare. Um, and it was for like, they would say best Rihanna or best Ariana Grande or, mm -hmm. uh, they would do like Britney Spears versus Madonna. And they would have some, um, like local Queens come and do the competition. So everyone kept saying, Vicky, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Cause I would get Christina Aguilera all the time. Like even when I was dressed up as Lady Gaga, people would still call me <laughs> Christina. It's like, I wouldn't even like do a Christina look and people would just still be like, has anyone ever told you you like Christina? <laughs> like, I would, like every week, every week. So everyone's like, Vicky, you gotta do Christina. You gotta next time that they do a competition, you have to do Christina. So um, they had that competition and it was, the show was um, Miley versus Dolly. Um, and best celebrity impersonation wins $150. Oh, that's a and, nice prize. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is my, and you could do any celebrity. They said it didn't have to be Dolly or Miley. So I was like, this is my show. I'm going <laughs> to perform. So I did uh, Candyman by Christina mm -hmm. and I made the whole costume myself, like the weeks before the show, I like kind of, I, I, I didn't choreograph a number, but I kind of like blocked it out, like what I'm going to sure. do. Cause I just didn't want to look like a deer in headlights. Cause <laughs> like when you're up on stage, like it's very easy to like get stage fright. So, um, I told all my friends, all my friends came and, um, I was doing shots of vodka before I went on stage. I was so nervous. There were like, I think four or five other girls doing the competition and so uh, I was like, I have to win. I can't lose in front of Aquaria. Like, I can't lose. Like, I'll be so embarrassed. So um, I did my number and the, uh, the winner was based off of audience applause and all my friends were there. So obviously I yeah. won and um, it was so, so much fun. And, uh, and actually at that show in the audience was Shaquita out of drag. Um, with a bunch of like her friends there and she came up to me afterward and said hey like you ever do drag wars like you should think about coming and doing drag wars sometime so I was like okay like I'll think about it like I don't know if I'm ready so I would go to drag wars and like watch the show like for a few weeks and then I was like okay I could probably like come do a number here and um, the rest is history. <laughs> Well, that's a good segue because I was about to ask you next about Drag Wars. Yeah. You were probably one of the OG Drag Wars um, family members. Yeah. What, what was it that brought you back to Drag Wars week after week? I think the thing that brought me back was, first of all, it was an open stage. Mm -hmm. So I could literally come and show up and do anything that I wanted. And... Um, there was like a freedom that kind of came with that, like a creative freedom that I was like, okay, I don't have to do Christina. I can do whatever I want. And, sure. um, and I obviously like, like Shaquita was, is still one of my favorite Queens. So getting to just like see her was like a huge bonus. 
And then what I've come to find was that like the audience at Drag Wars is just like the most lit, fun, like <laughs> audience. And I just loved performing for them. They were all, they, they all knew we were like just starting out. So they were all like super supportive. And then all the queens that I met backstage, they would like teach you things like, oh, let me show you how to flip your hair without your wig flying off or like, you know, basic things yeah. that when you're a baby queen and you don't really have any drag friends, like it's like great stuff to learn. So that's kind of what kept me coming back to drag wars. Now this, this, this may be a hard question to answer, but going in week after week, did you go in competing to win or did you go in to explore your drag? I definitely did not go to win. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I've only won Drag Wars total like three times. <laughs> um, it's really hard because they really, really bring it. Like the competitors, yeah. they don't screw around. Like they're really there. They're there to win. And I was there more for the experience. Sure. Like I figured the more opportunities I had to perform, the better I would get at it. And ultimately, that's why that's why I went. Nice. I mean, who who would you say it was your class of drag wars? Because there there are some generations of people who go through it, and then at yeah. some point, you're like, okay, well, I'm over this. I'm too I'm too good for this. So, who, yeah. who would your generation be? So I I'm I'm pretty much cycle two or season mm -hmm. two of drag wars. Um, so the queens that I had that I had performed with a lot was Egypt. Didi Fuego, Jasmine Kennedy, um, I'm trying to think, Izzy, well, Izzy was maybe season one. She had mm -hmm. just been finishing hers and I was kind of just starting mine, but we definitely overlapped like a couple times. Um, those are the ones that definitely like stand out in my mind. So you were doing a, basically a open stage style show a couple weeks Later on, you're going to finally do Ultimate Drag Pageant. Mm -hmm. What made you finally take the plunge to do UDP? So I had a show at Hardware Bar with Pixie Aventura. Mm -hmm. um, it was her Drag Swap Tuesday night show. Right. And I was, I, she always has like a, a monthly guest and that month it was probably one of my other favorite queens of all time Jolena Jasmine who mm -hmm. I love and fangirl for like crazy and so it, it and Pixie had me come in as like a do like a one number and like a QA. and a um which she'll, she'll do like every once yeah. in a while so I was super excited we did that show it was so much fun and Marty was there watching the show at hardware so after that show she had reached out to me and asked me if i wanted to compete in ultimate drag pageant so i that was what i did after that i was there i think almost every week of your season yeah I think it's safe to say as someone who had frequented quite a bit it may have been the most contentious season to witness what, what was your it, it, it was it was there were not a lot of happy competitors because of how things were happening um what was the experience like for you backstage with the the queens you were competing with i have to say like the queens that i competed with and and like the backstage 
banter and the group chats that for me was the best part of yeah. ultimate drag pageant i really like really liked everyone that i had worked with i know there was drama mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. quitting mid-show with people mm-hmm. coming the first week and then not coming back again i know there's drama but it wasn't i wasn't involved in any of the drama i was friends with everybody yeah I, I actually really enjoyed seeing everyone and watching everyone's numbers and like seeing what looks they would turn and, and obviously our group messages, we would like send each other selfies, like on the way to the gig, which I loved. For me, the hardest part of Ultimate Drag Pageant was the commute, first of all, because I live nowhere near the West End <laughs> and I think I spent $400 on Ubers that summer. Oh my God. Ridiculous. Well, I, I threw up in one of the Ubers, so that was probably <laughs> $100 right there. Um, yeah, I drank a lot at, at Ultimate Drag Pageant, <laughs> but it was, for me, it was like drag boot camp. Yeah. And I definitely felt a shift in my performance ability after I had done that competition. Like I came into that competition thinking, oh my God, I'm going to do so great. They don't know what they're up against. I even won the first week. I I think I tied with um, Selma the first week. I I don't remember. But um, after that, like week after week after week, getting critiqued and like them kind of forcing me to uh, think outside my comfort zone and perform outside my comfort zone. Um, it was not easy, but big picture, I think it did really help me. And I definitely yeah. remember one bit of advice that I got from um, uh, Poppy was one of the guest judges because mm-hmm. she was uh, one of the past winners. And I'll never forget this piece of advice she gave me. And it's completely changed my whole stage presence and performance was she said that instead of like performing, instead of performing out, mm-hmm. like down at the audience and perform to them and ever since she told me that like my performance quality i guess has changed tenfold like it's yeah i mean so much i mean that. poppy knows how to perform for an audience very well right. um but yeah I, I, it was really fun for me to watch your journey because again i had known you a little bit and had seen you perform a little bit and you really evolved and really pushed yourself to do things that i didn't think you would ever want to do Thank you. Yes, I, I tried and I felt I feel the same way. And there was a while where I kept thinking like, well, what will the judges like? What will Marty like? I tried to just make them happy. And if they didn't buy it, I was like, well, I should just make myself happy. Yeah. And if they don't like it, at least I liked it. But after I started doing that, they started liking that as well. Because they, they can tell when you're into it and they can tell when you just kind of like right. put something together that you're not like invested in. Um, and actually it's funny. So I had done that ultimate drag pageant, uh, summer of 2018. And I, one of my last shows before shutdown was at the West end. Oh, wow. In it was the like last day of January and I did miss diamonds, uh, show Mm -hmm. sure did. And John, the owner was in the audience that night and he had seen my two numbers and came up to me after the show and was like oh my god you've gotten so much better since ultimate drag pageant like it was great watching you and like that was like really nice kind of like wow yeah. i can't believe i'd been doing it for like that long that i had come like this far so it was like a full circle moment yeah did, did you have a favorite udp performance 
Um, well, I, I really like the first night because I won. Obviously. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I really like the finale too because I did something kind of kooky and wacky. I did um, Vampire Share, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I actually did a digital video of that um, for a digital show for Halloween, and I haven't put it up yet, but it came out really fun. Nice. Um, I, I, it made me realize how hard Snatch Game actually is, because when we had done our version of Snatch Game, I was awful (laughs) you know when you're watching it on tv you're like oh this this would be so easy i'd be so good at this and then when you actually do it you're like this is really tough yeah absolutely so you are the proud recipient of the glam award for scene queen yes how does it feel to get that honor which is really bestowed upon the community and the people around yeah it it's it really means a lot to me um to have one scene queen not once but twice yeah in two years in a row because it is voted on by the community um but the scene queen is actually a popular vote that's open to the public and for me something that's really important is for my drag to be seen pretty much to raise awareness that all drag is valid and for people to outside in the community and outside the community to know that women doing drag should be celebrated. It shouldn't be like looked upon as something alternative or different. Like it's, it's just as like any other drag, any male performing as a female drag, queen would be so it really meant a lot to me to win that award and to feel like accepted within the community um it's funny uh after I had won um for the second year I was at the bar having like a celebratory drink and someone who lost to me came up to me and was just like who are you Oh, you know, just fucking beat your ass. That's who I am. Damn. I mean, yeah. I voted for you. Oh, thank you. Everyone else who was in that category, I voted for you. <laughs> Thanks. We're going to play a game called This or That. I'll give you two options and you pick the one you like. Okay. Paper or plastic? Paper. Day or night? Day. Red wine or white wine? White wine. Period. Summer or winter? Mm, summer. Pop or rock? Rock. London or Paris? London. Making plans or go with the flow? Making plans. Fame or money? Money. Period. Brittany or Christina? Christina! <laughs> that was this or that. Okay, we're going to go behind the music a little bit. What would you say is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? Well, my signature number is definitely Candyman. All right. So that was the first number I ever did. And to this day, it's still like one of my favorites to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has definitely made me the most money out of any number I've ever done uh, because of Shaquita. Shaquita saw me do it that first night and she loved it. And um, she kept encouraging me to keep doing Christina. Like when I would come to drag wars, she'd say, do Christina, do Christina, know what you're good at, play to your yeah. strengths. 
and um, it did take me a long way. And uh, from, so working with Shaquita for, with um, Drag Wars and doing the Shaquita show, she had um, casted me for Queen of the Ride, which is that right. the party bus that drives around Manhattan and uh, has pop-up drag shows on the sidewalk, which was like one of the most unique experiences ever. Yeah. So I did that for, it was like once or twice a month for a year. And it was one number twice in the same night. And my number was Candyman. It was all celebrity impersonation. So yeah. I did Candyman in the middle of Times Square, probably about 50 times, <laughs> 50 or 60 times for this bus. So that's definitely my signature number. But I, I have a few more that I, that I love doing. I love my Bridezilla mix. I, people request that a lot. Um, and then what else? Um, I have uh, this mix. It's called My Guys We Fucked Mix. It was a podcast that I had been on where I pretty much talk about sex the entire time. Yeah. And um, Izzy Uncut turned it into a mix. And it's just hysterical. It's mostly spoken word to my own voice, which I think is like hysterical. I love that, yeah. Um, because when you listen to me talk, I sound like the whitest girl ever. <laughs> so I just kind of like play it up a little bit on stage. When creating mixes, what comes first? Music, theme, in, uh, a clip? Where, where do you, what, what's the chicken and the egg situation for you? So for me, the theme definitely comes first. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with the theme and then usually I'll try to find funny quotes that kind of um, go with the theme. And then the last thing for me will be music. Cool. So for example, like I have my Bridezilla mix where I knew I wanted to like, I want to get dressed up as a bride and have a big freak out attack where I destroy my flowers. I rip off my veil um, so I started finding all of these quotes from movies about weddings, like bridesmaids and my best friend's wedding and, um, clips from the housewives. And then you pick the music and you kind of try to tell a story with it. Another mix I have is my sweet 16 mix, which I get dressed up like a 16 year old girl in a tutu <laughs> and a crown. And it starts off really nice. I'm having a birthday. It's my birthday, birthday party. And then that turns into another freak out <laughs> where I destroy the cake and rip off the crown. And yeah, I like to tell a story with my numbers, but most of the time it's just me starting off as like a nice, pretty character. And then the twist comes. The beast beneath me, which is, which is a lot about my drag character where I'm like Vicky DeVille, like, I'm the devil in disguise, yeah. kind of. Like, I look pretty and sweet and glamorous, but really underneath, I'm a total psycho bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hopefully have bars reopen soon, eventually, which means the return of drag roulettes. Okay. And there are a lot of audience members who I know have uh, this pent-up, oh, my God, I can't wait to request this song from 2020. What song are you dreading having to do in a drag roulette from 2020? From 2020, that's a mm -hmm. good question. Normally, I dread Broadway requests. Okay. Not nothing against Broadway. I just don't know the words. I don't. Sure, that's fair. There, uh, there's only a handful of Broadway shows that I know and I love them, 
but I would say 80% of them, I'm watermelon tomato, watermelon tomato. <laughs> <laughs> so um, honestly, ugh, people are going to murder me for saying this. Uh -oh. I just didn't like rain on me. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, one of my I'm good friends, kid. same I love, way. I love Lady Gaga. I have been a monster since 2008. Bad Romance is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. Like I love, I love the early Gaga stuff. And I, I like Joanne. I didn't like A Star Is Born. And by the time Chromatica came out, my heart was just not yeah. in it. And I, I oh God, sorry. I don't really like Ariana Grande that much. That's fair. I don't either. So I, 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 I can understand. She's, she's got bops. She's got bops side to side. Um, break free. Like, I really love those songs. But just Ariana's like whispery voice with Lady Gaga. It's like, right. doesn't, I just, sorry, that's the song people request it. I'm sending someone else in, sorry. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I, I think it was a fine song. Um, I think maybe if we were all able to go out to the club and dance to it every night, maybe I'd appreciate it a little more, but it's definitely not the top five of that album for me personally. Right. And I, I know a lot of people love Lady Gaga and performing to Lady Gaga and doing Gaga impersonations. One of my BFFs, Vinnie Gaga, like y'all can have Chromatica, do it up. I'll stick with Christina, yeah. Liberation, Stripped. I'll, I'll stick with her, with what I know. Well, we are going to play a little game. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to play the Cameo Game Show. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. Oh, I like this. I and thought you were going to say I have to do an impersonation. No, 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 no. But we, I'm, this edition is all housewives. <gasps> okay, so I have to guess who costs more. Yes. Oh, okay. I can't all wait. Right. We're going to start off with Brandy Glanville or Kim Richards. Kim Richards. Yep. Kim Richards is 125. Brandy is 100. Okay. Next That's up. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Next up, we have Dorit Kemsley or Taylor Armstrong. Definitely Dorit. Correct. 275 for Dorit. Taylor is a measly $45. Oh. <laughs> I, would buy, I would buy one from Taylor. She's a hot shit mess. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Bethany Frankel or Luann? I'm going to say Luann. No, it's actually Bethany Frankel. $2.99 for Bethany, $1.25 for the Countess. Okay, well, I got freaking ripped off then when I went to see her Countess Cabaret. <laughs> she charged us out the ass. <laughs> yeah, um, there was actually a very, very small chance we were going to have uh, the Countess guest judge a week of Iconic. We were so close to getting her. Oh my god. Yeah, you, that would have been everything. Do you remember when Lux did the Countess first? Oh, I remember. Yeah, maybe in my top five number drag numbers I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was it was a hoot. All right, next up, Sonia Morgan or Ramona Singer. Ramona. Correct. Ramona is 125. Sonia is 99. Next up, Dorinda Medley or Jill Zarin. Dorinda. 
Yep, 150. Jill is 125. Jill, why she has the nerve to charge one twenty five? Oh man, she's not even getting in drag for it. (laughs) Sorry. No, I love this commentary. Next up, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke or Emily Simpson. Oh, okay. Uh, Who's more money? I would say probably Bronwyn. She's sixty five. Emily is eighty. Oh. Both under 100, so those are a little reasonable. We can do, yeah. we can do those. They're both fairly new housewives. Yeah. Next is Tamara Judge or Shannon Beater. Shannon. Shannon is 149. Tamara is 125. You did very, very well. I let's know my see if this, <laughs> Let's see if this translates to the last question. Okay. How much can you get a Lisa Vanderpump cameo for? <gasps> LVP. Well, judge off the fact that Bethany is almost $300 and the Countess is $125. i am going to say it's somewhere. She might even be more money than Bethany. I'm going to say Lisa. I'm going to say $175. $295. (laughs) Yeah, that face. It's like these housewives don't really need the money, but they're begging for that money. Like, I think the thing is, like, just lower your price and you'll get more bookings. Exactly. Or that's the whole goal is, like, they don't want to do a lot of bookings. They want to do, like, three or four and yeah. have that money roll in. But, yeah, Cameo is a wonderful website. Um, there, Some of your friends are on there. You, you yeah. can get a uh, Izzy Uncut Cameo. <laughs> I was thinking maybe for my birthday I'll have I'll get a Cameo, I'll treat myself to one, but I don't know who. Yeah, well, there are a lot of options, obviously. I think I might, every franchise get, is on there. I might get Pheromone just to get her to say on camera that I'm the best Christina impersonator. <laughs> I mean, because that's the game. You can tell them to say anything you want. Oh, my gosh. And spoiler alert, when you type something and you want them to say something, they will literally say those words and not ad-lib at all. And you're like, really? Yeah, I know you're better <laughs> than that, but okay, you do that. Awesome. Are there rules for drag? And who is allowed to do drag? Okay. I can say this because I can say whatever I want. Yeah. (sighs) All drag is valid. But just because you can do drag doesn't mean you should do drag. Okay? I don't think you should do drag if you are insecure. You have to be very confident in order to do drag. You need to be creative and original. People that just steal other people's ideas or just copy other people, they don't, they shouldn't be doing drag. Um, in, In terms of other things, those are like my biggest rules, I think. No copycats, you know, I think you need to be like, you need to know that drag is a very cutthroat industry Mm -hmm. and there are shady people. So you can't be hypersensitive to everything. You need to have a thick skin. Um, But like... I, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, you have to be in heels to be in drag. Like, that's not true. Although I, I 
for me it is. <laughs> I like fair. I like a heel, a small waist, nails, and clean lace. That's that's my rules for myself. But for to do drag, it's more it's more mental, more mental. Yeah. How important is social media in the drag scene? It's very important. Uh, your social media is like your resume. That's where people like people find you. Um, that's where I get almost all of my bookings from is DMs and other queens that see me on social media. Um, and you know, it's 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 your resume pretty much. It's like where you've been, who you know, like what you can do. Um, that being said, like I, I've never been a bedroom queen. And this year where I've been doing drag pretty much just for social media, I don't enjoy it at all. Like I like to, I'm, I'm social. I like my drag is very social. I like to be out in the bars, watching the shows, seeing people in real life. So social media is important, but I don't think it's everything. That's fair. Drag race, it's mainstream. We love it. It's, it's what people see as what the norm of drag is. But there has yet to be a female contestant on the show. Will there be one? And how long will it take? Well, drag race is like, it's a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. To Absolutely. Drag. It's, it's how mainstream commercial media, you know, kind of gets their first taste of drag especially people from small towns that don't, you know, I live in New York city, so I'm spoiled. Like I go outside, you know, there's drag everywhere. Right. But pe- a lot of people, all they have is TV and social media. So these Queens that are on drag race, they're like gods and goddesses. Um, that being said, we're on our, we've did 11 seasons of drag race. We've done what? Six seasons of all stars. I can't even keep track. Six, yeah, so we're uh, 12 seasons of regular drag race. We're about to have 13 come out possibly next month. Who knows? Oh my God. <laughs> I can't even yeah. keep count. So I always knew that drag race, the show was kind of based off of America's next top model. Rick Paul mm-hmm. said that. And if you think about America's next top model, like, yeah, it started out all skinny, tall models, but eventually they had, they had trans contestants, they had petite size models, they had men, like all different people eventually came into these cycles. So I'm really hoping that that's what we'll see on Drag Race because it is really, it is really discouraging when, you know, you watch these shows and you love it so much. And, And for me, it's like, it's what I do. Like drag is a huge part of my life, but there's, no one queen on there that I could say like they're they did what I want to do because right. uh, there's no women right you know so um so hopefully it'll it'll happen soon but I don't know when yeah we'll see we're gonna play everyone's favorite game tea time where you're going to get to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, people you shared a stage with once, twice, 50 times, and you're going to tell us a story. Or you can just tell us how much you love them. It's up to you. Are you ready? 
Yeah. Are you, are you going to say who the queen is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, got a, oh. I got a list for you. Oh, <laughs> okay. And we're going to start off. You mentioned her before. We're going to start off with Shaquita. Oh, I've got stories. <laughs> um, it's like, which one to pick? And I was like, which one can I tell that she won't murder me for? <laughs> oh, I love Shaquita. My fa- like my fondest Shaquita moment was when I did the Shaquita show. Mm-hmm. She really makes her guests feel like royalty. Like when you perform with her, like you feel like really special. Like you get paid out the ass, tips, bookings. She is such a great businesswoman. She and she loves to drink, and so do I. We love our vodka sodas. Um, there have been times we've gone after the ride. We've had our drinks at Hardware and. Um, my favorite memory was when we were at Hardware after the Shaquita show. It was four o'clock in the morning. The bar was closed, but we were down in the basement drinking. And um, I just love when she talks about RuPaul. I just think it's so funny. Like the story, she's like, we used to perform together <laughs> in Miami. We were performing together in Miami the day that Johnny Versace died. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> crazy. Like she's just got so many crazy stories. Like. I can listen to her talk all night. Next up, Jolena Jasmine. Oh my God, I love Jolena so much. I have only performed with her once, that one time at Pixie's show, um, but I've gone to see her perform. Actually, I have a really good story. Um, my first night out in drag ever was to go see Jolena at Paradise in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right before my 31st birthday. So for my birthday, my friend's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to get dressed in drag and I want to go see Jolena at Paradise. So um, it was like, the, it was so cold. My birthday's in December and it was like the coldest, coldest night. And I was wearing this mini pink dress. Oh, like you should, like, I looked butt ass ugly, like awful brows, flat wig, just like a hot shit mess of like bad contour but Jolena was so sweet to me. And she basically said, she's like, oh, like you're like you're a lady queen. And like, she made me feel like good about it. And we took a picture together and I posted every year on my drag anniversary because I look fucking terrible and she looks <laughs> flawless. And I just think it's so funny. She is Princess Jasmine. It's, it's... She is. I, I need to see her on Drag Race. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, that's been a rumor many, many times. Well, we'll see. Soon. Well, speaking of drag race, you got some tea on Aquaria. Um, so my favorite Aquaria story is, uh, this was one night back in, like, it's 2007. It, I remember it was the Monday after the Glam Awards because everyone had gone to the Glam Awards that Sunday night and I didn't go because I was still like a baby and I wasn't nominated mm-hmm. and I, was, I felt silly going. And everyone's like, oh, just come, just have drinks and dress up and network. It'll be great. And I just felt weird. I was like, no, I'm going to do Drag Wars on Monday, so I'm not going to go out Sunday night. So I went to Drag Wars, and there were four contestants, which never happens. Like, they literally have to turn people away hours before the show because there's so many people. So the fact that there was four of us was like, where is everyone? Right. (laughs) So we did the show, and... Um, they hadn't announced the winner yet. We had all performed. They hadn't announced the winner yet. Shaquita was just filling time. And who shows up but Aquaria? 
like this was after she had filmed Drag Race, but before yeah. it aired. So for her to show up at Drag Wars, everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she gets there like an hour after the show starts and she goes, doesn't the show start at midnight? I'm like, no, it starts at 11. And she was just like, oh my God, I thought it was Shaquita time. So she had missed the whole entire show. <laughs> and then, but she had seen like the winner and I won that night. So like, I can't lose in front of Aquaria. Like, that's just like, I can't do it. So I had to win. So um, after that, uh, we went outside and we smoked a blunt and it was freezing and I wasn't wearing a jacket and I was sick for an entire month after that. <laughs> Lame Aquaria. All right. Next up, someone you shared a stage with Pietra Parker. Oh, I love Pietra. My fondest memory of Pietra was I, ha- so this past January, I had my show at Stonewall, my bachelorette party and Pietra was my, she was one of my guests. And it was, I mean, it was like the middle, it was the middle of January. It was a Sunday night. Um, you know, we didn't have that, like that big of an audience and the Stonewall shows like our money is our tip money. Right. And um, so after the show, like I had counted all the money and I had given the tips to everyone and it wasn't as much as I had hoped for. So I said to Pietro, like, Oh, here, this is for you. Like, I'm sorry. It's not more. And she looks at me and she goes, you know, this is not why I do drag. Like, and I just thought that was so like, nice. Like, yeah. Like, wow. Like, yeah, she's right. You know, she's right. So you do it for the love. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Next up, Vinnie Gaga. Oh my God, Vinnie Gaga is my baby. I love Vinnie Gaga so much. Um, so Vinnie did the ride with me because it was all celebrity impersonation. So after the ride, we would go get food. We would go um, have drinks um, at the Ritz. Uh, and then there was one night where we were at the Ritz. It was really busy. And I was like, you know, I really just want to go somewhere quiet and have a dirty martini. So we went to actually the Lori Beachman Theater, the restaurant mm-hmm. above it. And we had dirty martinis and we were lit from these drinks. <laughs> and we went outside and it was really windy. And like there are these leaves like swirling in a circle and Vinny just starts like twirling in the leaves. And I was peeing my pants laughing. It was hysterical. I've also seen Vinny like during the ride, like and it'd be raining and I'm on the bus like watching Vinny perform and it's raining and she's dancing on the sidewalk and then she starts climbing up the scaffolding and lip syncing. Oh my God. It was epic. And she came down and did like a split, like broke her heel. Oh God. Like it was iconic. Well, speaking of iconic, another person who does Christina from here and there sometimes, Zeta Jones. Zeta, I I have never performed with Zeta. I only really have interacted with Zeta um, when I remember she used to do Hibiscus's show at Stonewall, and I would go mm-hmm. and watch. And that's pretty much that's pretty much as far as I got. I know she did Jennifer Lawrence's makeup. That was amazing. Like, yeah, it was it was fun because when we did our relation show. Um, there was the Diva Drag Through the Park show, and you both did Christina at the same time. Oh, mm-hmm. well, oh I think we have a better than two. But Christina's become very popular in the past. It is very year. popular. I wonder why. 
<laughs> next up, we have someone you competed against, Miss Coco Taylor. Oh, I love Coco. I love Coco so much. She's so sweet. She's so well-spoken, which is like such a good quality to have in life and in drag. Um, I think she's like so intelligent. I like think she does amazing creative mixes. I love her basic white girl fall pumpkin spice latte mix. I thought that was so great. Uh, yeah, I just, I love Coco. I haven't seen her and I mean, I haven't seen anyone, but I haven't seen Coco in a long time. I miss her. Next up, Anita D. Anita D. Oh my gosh. I love Anita D. I, so this story isn't necessarily about her, but it's a story about me when I was with her. That's okay. Yeah, go for it. So I did Anita D's invasion at Stonewall. I think this was last September or October. Mm -hmm. And it was me, Anita, Hibiscus, and Katrina, which they're like my faves. We always have such a good time performing. So at the end, Anita wanted to do a group number. So we were doing Kitty Girl from All Stars. Naturally. And, um, they all want to be Shangela. Like everyone wants the Shangela part. I was like, I'll be Trixie. <laughs> so I was Trixie. Hibiscus was, um, uh, what's her name? Um, BB Kennedy. Cameroon. Yeah. BB Zahara. And, um, Katrina, Anita was Shangela cause it was her show. And Katrina was, um, Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So long story short, Katrina comes out, she does a split like during her number. Uh, Anita comes out, death drop in the middle of her number. Hibiscus comes out, twirl, split in the middle of her number. I come out at Stonewall and literally fall down the stairs. <laughs> oh no. Like, you know, the little stairs that they have. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I came out, busted my ass full the whole way down the stairs. And nobody knew if it was on purpose or an accident. <laughs> But it was 100% an accident. Oh, no. Did you hurt yourself? No, but I'm, I'm pissed that nobody got it on video because it was probably... Damn. Incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, maybe you have other tea, but how about Katrina? Any tea on Katrina? Um, I don't really have any tea on her. Uh, I love working with Katrina. She's always so fun. Um we've uh, she's um edited some of my videos for me i've edited some photos for her um she's she's really jack of all trades when it comes to drag yeah next up izzy uncut izzy izzy again what can i say that's not gonna get me in trouble (laughs) um izzy is she's a rolling good time like i have like belly laughs when I'm with Izzy. Um, okay. So m- my best memories of Izzy, it's so stupid, but like whenever we would have a gig together, she would always get there literally five minutes before the show starts, barely in drag. And she'd, as soon as she'd get there, she'd bust open the door. All her nails would go flying. The suitcase would be falling everywhere. It's like, Oh, Izzy's here. Like, which was great. Um, Another time we were doing the Drag Wars All-Stars and um, there was two rounds of semifinals and then the finals. So the first round of semifinals, I was performing and 
the they tally up the votes by drink tickets. So mm -hmm. Izzy had drank so much to keep voting for me. And she passed out on the couch with a bag of pieces, like at the oh show. Like, Izzy, how are you gonna get home? <laughs> That's funny. Well, one last person for you. Talked a little bit about already. Hibiscus. Hibiscus, my little nugget. I love hibiscus. Hibiscus was my first drag queen friend like the first like I don't like I have I know a lot of drag queens I have a lot of acquaintances but I only have like a few people that I call a friend and yeah. hibiscus is was my first drag queen friend and she was the first person to ever book me for a paid show she consistently invites me back to guest at her shows she loves doing, we love doing duets together. She's just a really great, like, queen to, like, collaborate with. Yeah. And um, she's so talented, like, can dance, like, amazing. Um, and I, I, I just, like, I love Hibiscus. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. What do you do in your off time? In my off time? So... I would have had a completely different answer to this last year as opposed Absolutely. to this year. Because in my downtime last year, all I would do was sleep. Yeah. I work a job from like nine to like six o'clock. And then I would have a gig a week, which I would get two hours sleep maybe that night. I would have nights where I had to sew my costumes, make my mixes, like prep. And then there'd be once in a while where I get to see a friend or a family member. So anytime that I had down, I would just, sleep. <laughs> but now that obviously there's no gigs, I've had a lot more free time. I haven't had to like bust, like bust out all these costumes. So, um, in my free time, I love, and this sounds so stupid. I love going for long walks. <laughs> I love cooking. I love like, I'm not very good at it, but I really enjoy. Do, like, do you have a specialty? I'm really good. I'm really great at breakfast. Breakfast okay. in general, I could do pancakes, bacon, Taylor ham, eggs. I do all kinds of quiches. Like I'm, I'm a huge breakfast person. And I love making pasta too, because pasta you can be really creative with. Mm -hmm. You can do different, all different kinds of ingredients and different pastas. And um, like I, cooking helps me like relax and kind of decompress. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, lately I've just been smoking a lot of pot. Like, <laughs> what else is there to do? And now it's going to be legal in Jersey. Hell yes. I know. That was like, oh, the best news to come out of 2020. <laughs> right. Besides the election, which I mean, it's, exactly. it's part of the election. It's all part so, of it. Yeah. Okay, so you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching? I love old music videos okay okay i love that so i'll smoke a bowl i'll put on like spice girls music videos i'll i'll watch like like too much like that video is just like so weird it makes no sense but they all look amazing i'll watch like back old backstreet boys like back when music videos were like really over the top like old Elliot yeah. videos like like, I love that whole, like, TRL era. Like, I love, obviously, watching Christina's old videos. I'm, like, very inspired by them. Um, that's what I definitely go down a rabbit hole for on YouTube. Nice. 
We're going to move into the pop five rapid fire where I'm going to give you some pop culture stories, topics, things that have happened in the news recently. You're going to give me a word, phrase, whatever you want to talk about for each. Okay. First up, Mariah Carey to release Christmas special on Apple Plus. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, when did she film it? Who, how, did, how did this happen? I don't know. I mean, she's yeah. probably quarantined in some humongous mansion with right. her team. And I don't know, they probably put it all together. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, gonna she, be some... she's the queen of Christmas. So yes, if anyone's going to do an Apple special on Christmas, might as well be. She, and she's, got, she's got a lot of guests, including the topic of my next question. Number two is Ariana Grande's video for 34 plus 35. I haven't seen it. I didn't think it was great. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm like, I don't see anything new that she did. Okay, fine. She did some split thing and now everyone's not going to do the walk dance. I don't get why it's so good. Um, Song's meh. Yep. She's talking about 69ing, whatever. It's funny. Good, good. I get it. 34 yeah, plus 35. Yeah, there's yeah. math involved. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite number is 420. So that's fair. That's fair. All right. Number three is Michael B. Jordan is people's sexiest man alive. Great choice. Yeah. He, he, he's very, very, very attractive man. Yes. Very, very nice body. Number four, Dolly Parton helped fund the Moderna COVID vaccine. I knew Dolly Parton would save us all, and she came through. What an angel. Seriously, we don't deserve Dolly Parton. She is really, truly a gift from heaven. Yeah, she, she's incredible. And number five, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I watched the first episode, and it definitely has sparked my interest. It reminds me, weirdly, of Jersey a little bit. Oh, okay. In terms of, like... They all live in these like huge houses. Um, you know, they're married with kids. Uh, in New Jersey, it's all about being Italian. In Salt Lake City, it's all about being Mormon, being religious. Mm -hmm. And they all wear these just like hideous, hideous fur coats with these giant <laughs> boots. It's just like it's like that tacky fashion sense that I like. I feel a little bit like Jersey-ish. Yeah. Um, but their personalities are really interesting. I love that like. Like, Jen is obviously the star of the show mm -hmm. with her three assistants and her oh humongous parties. So it sparked my interest. I'm definitely going to give it uh, a few more episodes. Nice. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I the only show that I've watched the, of this franchise is Jersey because they're from the town next to me. Um, my mom has run into Melissa Gorg at the mall once and the... the um, uh, the boys were at dinner once when, she, of course, she went up to them. I was like, why would you do that? Please don't, whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm considering doing a whole podcast series about um, watching um, Housewives for the first time with people who have seen it many times. So oh. I'll keep it posted. We're, I think I'm going to do the first season of each of the franchises and then decide when I, which ones I want to go back to. Oh, well, so, the first, the, some have stronger first seasons than yeah. others. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited for your journey and yeah, I me too. Love, I'm, I'm excited to um, be a part of it. So. Absolutely. Well, I have some fan corner. Well, one fan corner question, one fan corner comment. And the comment is from Hibiscus. Hibiscus says, tell her I love her and miss her. Oh, I love Hibiscus too. We, we actually did see each other on Monday outside with our masks on during my lunch break. We, she was in the, 
the garment district running some errands. So we stopped and said hello. Which mm-hmm. was so yeah. Nice. I don't know if you saw on, on, on the Facebook, Hibiscus had some fun today about masks and people coming. Oh, I saw. I usually am not on Facebook, but um, people know that I'm friends with Hibiscus. So yeah. some people like send me a, a comment being like, oh, there's drama. Like, oh. Yeah, I, I, I look, I, I, I appeared as like, really? Really? We're going to start shit? Not with hibiscus. Like, anybody else, fine, but like, not with hibiscus. Really? I know. I know. Stupid. My question I have here from Coco Taylor How did you make the jump from day makeup to drag makeup? Oh, hi, Coco. Um, that's a really great question because day makeup and drag makeup are completely different. And I've been wearing makeup since I was like 12 years old, like mm-hmm. forever. But when you're doing makeup for like daytime, it, you want it to look natural. So it's very, um, it's very light. Like, you know, I do like a a wing, a brow foundation, whatever, just for like work. But learning how to do drag makeup. I thought I was like, I'm going to be so good at drag makeup. It's going to be so easy. I know exactly what I'm doing with makeup. And when you see this photo of me and Jolina on my first night out in drag, you'll be like, what the fuck? She does not know what she's doing. (laughs) It's really a completely different animal. Um, Drag makeup is more special effects makeup, kind of, I consider it. Um, Because you don't see drag makeup, you know, necessarily on lots of like, beauty tutorials like you know on I have all these um great companies that send me all this makeup and I look at their feed and all they post is just like oh a little purple eyeshadow I'm like drag makeup is like so much more yeah so to do really good drag makeup you really have to understand light and shade and proportion is really important um so learning how to contour, you can completely change your face just by understanding light and shade and changing like the angles of the shadows and like the pops of the highlight. You can make your nose look smaller. You can make your cheeks look higher. You know, everything is like light and shadow is like very important. And obviously your proportions, like, like you don't, like your eyebrows are like a huge, like a huge learning curve. Like for me, they were too high. They were too thick. They were not arched enough. They were too arched. Like that's like a whole learning process of getting the right eyebrow shape for your face. And, um, your, your wing, like, do you want your wing to be big? Do you want it to be thin? Do you want it to look natural? Do you want it to look dramatic? Even just like the shape of your eye crease, like you kind of have to experiment with it. And it's, so I actually have, um, a dra- I just had a drag daughter. I had a drag baby in quarantine. Congratulations. Yes, her name is Dot DeVille. She's still in incubation. Obviously, we can't go out yet. But it's weird because I'm, you know, in the process of, like, answering all our questions about drag makeup and trying to teach her. And I, and I just try to explain that it's, like, a process that you have to just, like, learn. Like, you're not yeah. just going to get it right away regardless of how good you are at makeup. Like you just have to keep practicing, keep practicing and experimenting is like the key to learning drag makeup. Nice. I love that. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this is a question from hell over time. Okay. What is the most painful thing that has ever happened to you in drag? 
physically or mentally? Either. I think physically was what we were going for, but. Hmm. Oh, I know. Um, okay. So this actually happened this year. Um, back in February, this is my last show before shutdown. Like my last performance ever yeah. was at the season 12 premiere at Sony hall. Mm-hmm. I was performing with Britta filter. Um, and it was, I was like literally having the time of my life, um, doing this number with her where essentially she comes out and does this whole Nicki Minaj mix with all these dancers. It's like a high production number at Sony hall. Um, and I was Miley. So I was like, mm-hmm. this, like I basically got beat up by Britta. <laughs> so, um, she didn't actually like hurt me, but there are times where she's like pretending to push me and I have to fall on stage it's a lot of like physical comedy yeah um and my knees got banged up so bad oh no we had to rehearse it a bunch of times the day before we had dress rehearsal we had the actual show my knees were black and blue for like weeks but it was kind of like one of those like battle scars that you're like proud of yeah yeah like that turned out amazing and i don't care but it really hurt fucked up my knees a lot of times i'll do that in performing like i get bruises on my knees like fuck up my knees really bad so this year the only plus of me not having any shows was that my knees got some time to heal yeah well now it's your turn to ask my next question (sighs) about anything you want I didn't have time to plan for this. Okay. Who's your next guest? Or you don't it's just get to know. You don't get to know. I don't get to know. Oh. Nope. Okay. Um. Does it have to be like a drag-related question? It doesn't have to be. It can be about anything. Okay. So, I've been watching. Um, I've been like living for Dragula, Dragula Resurrection, and like I just these elimination challenges just are insane, like crazy. And I always think like, would you eat a cockroach? Would you eat a cockroach to to for? Let's see. I'm, I'm, I guess I'll put a price on it because sure. you know I can't say be eliminated, but um, would you eat a cockroach? for $200. All right, I'm, I'm excited. I, I have a feeling my guests will say absolutely, but you never know, you never know. This person's crazy. Um, I have a new segment that I'm starting with you. You are going to debut it. Okay. You, I, I want to expand the Block Talk community. I reach out to a lot of artists. They usually come on some, we never plan it to happen, whatever. But I want to know who do you want to hear as a guest on Block Talk? I would love for you to have Nikki Otob on your show. Okay. I worked with Nikki in January, right before the shit hit the fan. And I absolutely love her style. I think she has a really unique, um, like point of view in the drag world, super talented, crazy, amazing artist. Um, so I would love to get to know Nikki more via your podcast. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to reach out. This is a good, good suggestion. Where can everyone find you on social media and Venmo? Oh, so you can find me on Instagram at Vicky DeVille, V-I-C-K-Y DeVille. 
like Cruella. <laughs> um, and my name is the same on Venmo. And I also want to shout out uh, my drag daughter, Dot DeVille. So you can follow me and then you can follow her as well. Nice. Well, I'm excited to meet Dot. Yes. Well, it was an honor getting to talk with you. It was great talking to you too. The biggest thanks to Vicky for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.